Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Vice Admiral Mark Norman, former commander of the Royal Canadian Navy and vice chief of the defense staff. Let me just say this. Admiral Norman is a Canadian hero who was forced into fighting for his national and international reputation as a highly respected military officer when the current prime minister, angry, Admiral Norman engaged in the on-time and on-budget delivery of a desperately needed supply ship for the Canadian Navy, HMS Asterix. Because without a supply ship, the Navy would have become a coastal defense force and no more, with no ability to project onto the open oceans of the world. Mr. Trudeau wanted the Asterix built by a different shipyard to the one Admiral Norman contracted with. And so Trudeau and his cabinet, I'm sure you'll remember, engineered a phony criminal charge against Admiral Norman. And the Prime Minister would actually then muse publicly about the Admiral's guilt. Trudeau and his cabinet layered themselves in taxpayer-funded lawyers in case they were called to testify in any criminal trial, but refused federal funding for the Admiral's legal costs. Canadians became outraged across the country, and when the phony criminal charge made it to court, the government prosecutor began looking for a towel to throw into the ring. She knew she had no case, and then the Trudeau government settled with the Admiral, which involves an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, effectively silencing Admiral Norman on the entire tawdry affair engineered by Justin Trudeau. I just wanted to repeat that. So it's truly my honor uh, to have become Admiral Mark Norman's friend over recent years, and it's a distinct privilege to speak with uh, this honorable defender of Canada and Canadians on Remembrance Day. Admiral Norman, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Roy, uh, and to you and your listeners. Um, I'm I'm very humbled by your introductory comments, and I think, um, especially today, um, when we think of those who have sacrificed so much um, and those who continue to give so much uh, in the interests of this great country. Um, in fact, I reflect on uh, Terry's song. Um, I was reading something today in the Post about somebody telling a story about being in a gas station um, recently and the person not recognizing the poppy and, and describing what it was all about. And and there was no malice in, in the encounter, but it just speaks to the fact that um, this is a, an incredibly important moment, uh, as Terry says, a pittance in time for those of us who are still here to remember those who are no longer with us, but help give us what we enjoy on a day-to-day basis. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Admiral. To you personally, what does Remembrance Day mean, personally? Yeah, it's a it's a difficult day um, in in many respects, and I I have a series of uh, reactions emotionally, mostly. Um, I think of those um, older veterans, uh, many of whom are uh, well into their 90s now. And uh, I, I read today that we've got about 10, less than 10,000 um, who served in the Second War or in Korea. But I also think about the new generation of veterans, um, many of whom are now in their 20s and 30s, uh, maybe a little older, but 
served in Afghanistan and served elsewhere um, and are carrying around uh, invisible wounds uh, associated with their service and sacrifice. And I think about a few friends that uh, are no longer around. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of a mixed bag of uh, emotions. But uh, the point is that I do think about it. I do reflect. I do remember. But I have a personal connection, and I think part of the challenge is how how, how we make uh, how we make this connect um, with Canadians who perhaps don't understand um, the history or don't understand why this is so important, and it's not their fault. I uh, posted to uh, my Twitter account at the Roy Green Show. I, I posted a video that was filmed by the Durham Regional Police in Ontario. And it was a repatriation ceremony for one of the young veterans who died in Afghanistan. And they follow the procession down the Highway of Heroes, also known as Highway 401. And all you see, Admiral, is people everywhere on the overpasses, on the side of the highway, hands on hearts, waving flags, standing respectfully quiet. It's quite an emotional four and a half minute watch. And I would suggest to people, anybody listening, if you want to, go to my uh, Twitter feed at the Roy Green Show and watch that, the Highway of Heroes, the repatriation of uh, of a Canadian soldier to the to the troops and the and the and the uh, and the veterans uh, still with us. There's, I've had I've had soldiers tell me that there's an increasing disrespect. They encounter an increasing disrespect. And particularly when they're in uniform in a public environment, Admiral Norman, are you aware of that? And and, and what do you have to say about? It? I mean, what do you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not aware of a, a specific instance, but I I think I would say that I'm I'm sadly not surprised to hear that. Um, you know, I, I served just shy of forty years. Um, joined the peak of the Cold War. And, um, you know, it, it was really until the Afghanistan experience that you described uh, a few minutes ago that the, the current generation, if you will, and I know there's multiple generations of Canadians, but the, the current generation of the modern Canadian, if you will, actually had uh, any exposure to the kinds of sacrifices that were being talked about historically, but they that they weren't in a modern, a contemporary context. And so what we observed, those of us who were serving during that period, was we observed an enormous shift, a, a, a seismic shift uh, in the, um, the appreciation of, I'll call it average Canadians, uh, for those who were serving. Um, particularly in the military, but there was a spillover effect onto, onto others, like first responders and, and everybody else. And there was a sense of unity of purpose in that regard. There was an incredible sense of um, support from people. And, and we would hear stories, uh, uh, you know, in Tim Hortons, uh, just people going up to somebody in uniform and buying them a coffee and thanking them. And, and, it, and it, it was an enormously powerful period. And of course, now you know it, it's it's eleven years since uh, Canada w- withdrew um, in, in a significant way from from our engagement in Afghanistan. And notwithstanding that, you know Canadians continue to be engaged all around the world doing really dangerous things. Um, 
But the, the point is that I'm not surprised that we've lost it because we tend to be very focused on the here and now. And um, we don't take the, the time or the effort to put things in context. And, and I don't think it's helped that the perception of the military as an institution at the moment is a bit um, in question um, due to a whole bunch of problems uh, internally and issues around funding and leadership and, and a bunch of other things. So that's a long answer to your question, but that, that's an honest response to what I'm, I'm sad to admit is probably an, an increasingly likely situation. Okay, let me get personal with you. You joined the uh, Royal Canadian Naval Reserve or Navy Reserve as an ordinary seaman standard. So far, our paths were parallel. You became, I'm, I'm laughing because of what, what happened later with me, but you became the command officer of the Royal Canadian Navy from starting as an ordinary seaman standard in the reserve forces, which is the lowest rank in the Navy where you get yelled at by chief petty officers. Why did you choose to move forward and make the Navy and the military your life, career, and vocation, Admiral Norman? Well, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I grew up um, in, a, in a home, a household where there was a proud military heritage uh, of service. Um, my father was serving army officer at the time, um, and then we'd bounced around and he'd done a lot of really interesting things himself. And uh, my grandfather uh, served during the first war, in fact, uh, fought at Vimy and Hill 70 and uh, was one of the lucky ones who came home um, and then went on to serve in a different way during the second war. Um, and so I was familiar with it and, and I grew up around it and, and it seemed like a logical thing to do. The Navy was just really all about sailing and boats and the water. And I was living in Kingston at the time. And uh, so there was a there was a personal appeal and, and I signed up and enjoyed it. And, you know, 39 years later, <laughs> you and I met, um, you know, so it's a there's a lot in there, but we don't have time. So I'll just leave it at that. But the path to becoming the commanding officer, the command officer of the Royal Canadian Navy, must have been an extremely interesting, at the same time, challenging experience. Is there a highlight you can share with us? Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I just had lunch. Uh, as a remembrance week. Uh, a few uh, of my old friends uh, got together and um, they're all retired as I am now, but you know, they, they, we all went through training together and, and they all retired at different ranks. And, and the point that I'm getting at is that, um, that they all, they all had a similar love for the institution, enjoyed what they were doing, um, were passionate about it and, and, and really, you know, gave the, the bulk of their adult lives, uh, to serve in the country. And they all retired at different ranks. And uh, when we get together, we're still, you know, Mark and Bill and Sean and Mike, and we're not we're not Admiral and Lieutenant and Lieutenant Commander and Captain. And it's just who we are. Why I'm telling you that is because um, a lot of it is uh, timing. A lot of it is good luck. A lot of it is um, opportunity. And uh, sure, yeah, you know, I worked hard, but 
uh, what I'm trying to say is I didn't work harder than anybody else. Um, and um, I, I feel very blessed to have been given the opportunities that I was to demonstrate to the Navy and the senior leadership of the day that I had the potential to to do um, things. And it just kind of compounded. And I know that's not the answer you or, or your listeners might be looking for, but it's the genuine answer. Um, you build an incredible uh, inventory of skills and experiences over 30-some years. and um, Sometimes the, it's the right combination, and, and sometimes, um, you know, it, it, it's not. And, and rank in and of itself is not a reflection of qualities. Um, it's not a reflection of the caliber of the individual in my, in my personal view. And I know it's easy for me to say because of the rank I, I, I received when I retired, but um, it's more a function of opportunity and timing. So there you go. Now, that's exactly the answer I wanted. I just want you to, to tell us, share with us uh, your thoughts. May I just for a moment ask you about, I don't, I'm not looking for detail, but about how your career in the Navy and the Canadian Forces ended, which we cannot speak about publicly. I understand that. But Canadians nationally understand now. It must have been such a terrible experience, but you increasingly had Canadians on your side as this situation developed. That must have been very important to you. Yeah, it was, and and you know, and and you um, you know, you commented on it earlier, and you and I have discussed it um, previously. It, it's enormously important, and um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you're right. I can't talk about the specifics, but I think what I can say is that um, it 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 was all about, and this is this is what. <laughs> In some respects, this is why this is an emotional day for those many of us um, who are still around. It was about something bigger than myself. And um, and I think that that's one of the unifying characteristics of those who have served, those who've given the ultimate sacrifice, and those that continue to serve, is that they're doing something um, for a, a greater purpose, a higher purpose than themselves. And they're serving their country, they're serving the institution of the armed forces, they're serving the interests of peace and stability, whatever it is, um, it, it's something more than just a job. And that was all part of what was going on, and that was part of my thinking and motivation at the time. And to have people acknowledge that and, and recognize it and to the degree that they could in the context of the situation, in essence, they were celebrating it. It wasn't about me. Um, and I think it was about, it was about what I represented and what the circumstances represented to so many people. Um, and they were motivated by the same thing in many respects. It was, it was, it was a higher purpose. It was a, it was more than just themselves. And, and um, I, I think that that is often what gets lost um, in our highly transactional, busy days um, when we're focusing, and I legitimately, in some respects, focusing on the here and now uh, as opposed to some of the bigger issues that, that uh, really make us more than just individuals. They make us a society, they make us a community, uh, and they make us a country. If you want to hear more, 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 